0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Clergy Suite. I'm Rabbi Dara Frimmer, sitting here today with cantor Tiffany Coyo. Hello. Hello, hello. And Rabbi Jacqueline Cohen, our cantorial soloist. Hello. Hi, Jacqueline. And uh, if you can hear it, faint in the background underneath my office uh, are the tadpoles uh, who are currently singing Purim songs. (laughs) But by the time uh, this episode is released, uh, we are going to be talking about Passover, uh, believe it or not. But if you hear that lovely... Uh, sound in the background they are um, the sound is always coming up through the floors through the windows I don't know how it transfers actually it just does it just comes up uh, earlier they were doing the name game just same routine and right now Havana Risha rush 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 exactly <laughs> actually what will be very appropriate in a few more weeks is when they do their um, jumping frog song Ooh, yes. it has nothing yeah. to do with Passover it's all year long jumping frog mm-hmm. uh, but now especially for the 10 plagues <laughs> Nice. (laughs) So we thought we'd take a few minutes because uh, for all of our listeners uh, who are now over Purim, uh, putting their costumes away, uh, done with hamantashen, the question is, are you already starting to think about Passover? As clergy, most holidays are on our brain all year round. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we thought we'd just take a few minutes together to think about how we are setting ourselves up for this holiday, what it looks like in our own homes. Uh, So Jacqueline. Tell us a little bit about what um, preparations for Passover look like in the Cohen residence. Well, we decided last year we
1: hosted everyone in our family for First Night Seder. We decided shortly thereafter not to be the hosts. Um, (laughs) As fun as it was, it really was a great experience. But we just figured out where we're going to be for first and second night. First night with friends, second night with family. And we're starting to just think about, okay, how are we going to transform our home? How are we going to make sure that it's, it's intentionally set apart for this holiday? What does that look like? It looks differently for me than it does for my husband. And obviously, looks differently for our four-year-old son. Um, but we're definitely starting to think about stocking up on matzah. Mm-hmm. And as you both know, I am a big fan of the Yehuda gluten-free matzah, <laughs> which I think tastes delicious. It's the one time of year... When we who have to keep a gluten-free diet feel redeemed in
0: some you, way, you've not redeemed. You feel seen finally, seen and
2: heard, <laughs> and this is our holiday. Yeah. So. It's like your own little homeland has yes. been distributed. Yes. Have you bought any matzah
1: yet? No, and recently we like within the last couple of months, my husband actually went through the pantry, which hate to throw him under the bus but it's a rare occurrence and he found the matzah from last year which had expired Mm, so but was it opened it was yes one of them was i think one was open and one wasn't but we tend to be very we meaning i tend to be very strict about expiration dates so (laughs)
0: um we had to we have to start from scratch i think we yeah so i i think what will be interesting is of course um for our family we have different practices around keeping Passover Mm -hmm. Uh, and I always feel like buying one box of matzah is too little but then of course the value pack of like (laughs) six or eight or twelve from Costco whatever they're marketing uh, clearly results in leftover matzah Mm -hmm. the following year Mm -hmm. and I, I, I have not actually explored for everyone who does donate to sova after Passover ends all of those boxes of matzah if that is actually of use to the clients of Sova's Food Pantry. So. Um, but I, I am aware that um, we always sort of wrestle how many boxes of matzah does one need? At what point in the holiday are you so tired of matzah you will eat almost anything else? Um, I
1: just want to point out that the reason we go through so many boxes of gluten-free matzah is because when people start tasting it, they go, oh my God, this is really good. And then they wind up eating all my matzah. Yeah. And then we wind up with with getting another box and getting another box. But um, hopefully hopefully this year we can all sort of like spread the wealth equally and share matzah and when the holiday is over we'll be able to give it to those who will eat it and
0: excellent i hope so uh and i should just point out in the background right now um frozen yeah uh, a- the original frozen. uh let it go <laughs> has has emerged so we're past porum and now into banner songs it's kind of uh, on on brand though for Purim. yeah let it is let it go. go let yeah. them go yeah and that's over <laughs> um po- yes passover All right. uh, Tiffany, tell us about preparations in the Koyo household.
2: Well, we've already bought our matzah. Oh. We bought three boxes already. And at the co-op near our house in Culver City, they had put the matzah on the shelves and they had those really giant boxes with the circular matzah that tastes like extra crispy and good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so my husband wanted to buy a few boxes and they didn't know how much it cost. They hadn't yet put it through the system. So we've already, before Purim, stocked up on some matzah. We're very excited. Uh, We are going to San Diego to spend Passover with our cousins and our aunts and uncles. Uh, But we will be bringing with us a bag of Passover supplies. We'll be bringing instruments, just like Miriam. Put the timbrels on her back always helpful <laughs> we'll be bringing our own timbrels we'll be bringing some plague bags some yeah. insects Plastic frogs, frogs yeah you know just to decorate the table and keep the kids occupied
0: <laughs> it is an ongoing challenge um what part of the Hagada, or for many people what part of the seder um, whether it's the arriving the actual ritual part or the after seder festivities uh, are you looking
2: forward to the most I guess for me, it's asking questions. So the cornerstone of the Seder is the four questions. And there is always an emphasis on the youngest child getting up and doing their part and singing, Manishtana Halayla Hazeh, and everyone waits for it. And every kid builds up to it all year long. And I just want to say it's never too early to start practicing the four questions as a family but not just the four questions itself, um, the idea as a Jew of asking questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some people say that not only do you ask a lot of questions as Jews, but you're supposed to answer with questions. That's even more Jewish. So what would it look like this year at your Seder uh, to ask the four questions as you usually do, but in addition to that, um, come up with your own questions. Maybe you put uh, note cards all over your table with uh, relevant questions for today. Ask your participants um, what their plagues are, what their matzah is, uh, why do we still celebrate Passover in this day and age, or come up with your own questions around the Haggadah and make their... uh, make there be a dialogue of some sort between the participants that's great
0: and for those of you who want to access some of these resources on our website if you go to templeisaiah.com click on rituals in the purple bar and then click on holidays and then after you click on holidays click on passover resources you will get to a page that includes uh, passover seder resources including some of our episodes from last year on this podcast. Uh, The four questions, you can download them. They're in Hebrew and English. And um, there are um, resources from past years, including a social justice resource that was put together by members of our various social justice teams, the Green Team, AMSEDEK, and additional resources from throughout the web um, so that if you are struggling to think of your own questions, uh, a good web search uh, will help generate some more of those uh Jacqueline how about you what are you looking forward to I
1: mean I really resonated with everything that you just said all of that speaks to me as well and I think um, going this year on the first night to uh, a seder that we've never been to and it's my best closest friend in the entire world it's her family they're hosting us and uh I don't know what to expect and I'm just gonna go with the flow I don't know what Haggadah they use I don't know what traditions they're mm-hmm. like super dedicated to but the one thing that I know we're going to do is we're going to sing dianu. Yes, and I just know that that's like the great equalizer. And you know, I'm just excited to also like watch my son, who last year did the four questions or did, sort of did the four questions. He he did his best effort with the four questions, um, but he's already learning like what to do and how to do it. And I just can't wait to experience it um, and to see him with the other children who are going to be there to see Passover through
2: their eyes, I think is going to be really, really beautiful. Mm. That's great. I'm curious, Dara, what's yeah. What's your favorite part of the Haggadah? <laughs> what are you looking forward to?
0: I um, Well, first of all, I think um, over the past few years, I have loved um, making a map of the steps of the Seder. Um, And so um, we've talked about this before, but that like I'll borrow some butcher paper from the preschool and um, usually it's a big sort of like windy road and I'll cut out a car the last few years with twins. You have to cut out at least two cars. (laughs) And then um, the stops along the way are made like street signs um, and it'll say Kadesh. And you move the car to Kadesh, and then you get to Orchats and then you move the car again. Cool. So it creates this interactive sort of wall chart of, you know, when people say, like, how much longer till the Seder's over, you can, like, point to the road and be like, we're only at stop seven. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you know, dinner's down the road. And how do you stick the car to, or the cars to the thing? Just- uh, I tape. Tape, okay. <laughs> Got it. It's yeah, that part. Well, yeah, I guess Velcro at some point, but uh, but Maybe. but it works yeah. really well, and you can create like a four oh five, or you can create like a pastoral windy road. Nice. You could go up a mountain. You could go up a mountain. You could you could be a boat. <laughs> There's <laughs> lots of possibilities, Ooh. but again, sending adults or children up to the wall to make the 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 transportation, if you will, move, uh, seems to be of great fun, and the other piece I really like is um, I've always loved the four children. Um, I really find that. I, Judaism always gives, if you have a question, there's at least, if not a question in return, four answers. <laughs> right. um, so what kind of child sits at the table? Well, we know there could be a wise child, a wicked child, a simple child, and the child who doesn't know how to ask. Um, and I think it really brings the question to life of who are you at this moment in your life? Which child feels most right uh, to sort of meet you in this moment? And, um, and the complexity of knowing that um, we might wake up a wise child, but midway through the day, we're feeling a bit simpler. <laughs> there are definitely moments pretty much every day of the year where I have no idea what the right question is to ask. Um, and so I think Passover just gives language to likely a very um, familiar feeling of um, the changing personalities um, within all of us. Um, and of course, there's space for all of them at the table, I which I really that. like. So we hope that um, this Passover conversation um, helps you begin to think about your own preparations. Um, Pull down the Haggadah. uh, I assume it's on a shelf, but it could be in a, I suppose, a Tupperware container somewhere in your garage. Pull out the Haggadahs. Or you could make your own. You could make your own. There are resources online. You could call any one of us uh, in the clergy suite. Um, We'd be happy to be consultants for that. And we're hoping to release more episodes in the coming weeks that will help um, create both spiritual and practical preparations um, for this incredible holiday wherever you'll be celebrating. Um, We hope that always um, you can use some of the tools um, that we have here at Temple Isaiah to build a traditional and innovative Seder um, wherever you will be. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we look forward to seeing you soon at your home here at the intersection of tradition and innovation.